Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to Insights on Improv, a podcast where we talk about everything and all things improv, uh, sort of issues facing the modern improviser, tricks of the trade, and just general tips, advice, and lessons from a life spent doing this uh, art form that we love so much. I'm joined here with my co-host, Justin Fink. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Hello, Justin. And today I'm excited to announce we have a guest on our show, uh, Matthew yeah. Ephraim. Hey, guys. Hi, Matt. Our first guest. And Matt, can I ask you, too, just before we jump into anything, I, for as long as I've known you, do you go by Matt or Matthew officially? Ooh, wow, you're really just jumping out the gate with because, because, well, here's why I say it, because this guy, and you know if you've ever been on stage with him, his ability to slip into characters and, like, you can never pin him down. I just uh-huh. wonder, like... Is that reflected in your name choice? Are you always Matt or are you always Matthew? I think it is, yeah. I, I, I don't mind throwing people off when I first meet them. Okay. Um, like I even I, I told a lot of people that my name was Math. Oh wow! Uh, so you so you almost you almost play with the uncertainty there. You're uh, you're almost playing with people's expectations. Yeah, it's really. I I kind of look at them when I meet them, and I think what's going to be the weirdest thing that I could give to them and how are they going to react to it? And what are they going to feel like when I tell them that that's my name? That is, that's punk rock. I love that. That I I love that. So whatever, I guess, gets you excited or or gets you like whatever plays with your head, uh, you can use that as my name. I I love it. I didn't realize we had a punk. I know. I'm kind of a fellow punk. punk. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a punk rock too. And I love I love, I mean, I, I don't want to derail this because this is a podcast about improv, yeah. but in a lot of ways, I've always said, and Justin, you know, that mm-hmm. I think that improv is the most punk rock thing you can oh, do definitely. in 2016. Yeah. I, I don't see any difference between what you and I are doing on stage, uh-huh. and sometimes Matt, when he comes in and is a special guest, I don't see any difference between that and what Black Flag was doing oh, in the yeah. 80s. Are you guys uh, team Andy Kaufman, or do you... Study at the school of Caratop. Which one? As punkers, obviously you got to come from one of the other. I um, I'm gonna politely decline to answer that question, wow. just because I don't like to let other. When it comes to comedy, I don't uh, like to uh, have influences, just because uh, I feel like it taints my own uh, voice. Okay, so. but well, I don't know how you feel about that, man. What I will say about Caratop, a lot of people are are hard on him. Um, I I feel really restricted a little bit by improv sometimes that i can't bring props on stage yeah. uh yeah yeah that is i would like to see more of it yeah if mm. it like i think it's going to be cool 10 years from now but mm-hmm. if you do it now like when you say punk rock you're yeah. definitely right if you if you bring a prop on stage now people are gonna say what like you can't do that in improv yeah you're does not to, compute what is yeah, this yeah. i'm they'll I'm ex- boo they'll boo they'll well, I'm I'm happy to let you know that you're in uh you're in good hands here because Justin and I are all about breaking rules. Oh, that's we would rather break the rules than even hear the rules. Because I I always say one of my favorite axioms in improv is just that like you need to learn the rules, uh-huh. you need to play the rules, yeah, you need to understand the rules, yeah. Then you go out and you throw the rules around uh-huh. on stage for a little bit, see how they feel, and then and oh, then you Doyle d- rules. Billy Madison. I actually wasn't done with that quote. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Um, I just know you love Adam I Sandler. Lost, I lost my place now, so Dude, I'm going to just start from the beginning. You love Adam Sandler. Hey, I'm going to start again from the beginning. Okay, fine. 
Um, so what I was saying before is one of my favorite axioms in improv is that you go out there, you learn the rules, you understand the rules, you digest the rules, you take the rules out for a spin on stage like they're a fucking RAV4, mm-hmm. and then you just drop them all and you forget them. And that's, that's always been my favorite quote, my favorite improv quote. And then O'Doyle rules. So Matt, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I want to hear from you about uh, kind of, I think, I mean, we all know the story of how we met. You and I go back a long way and you know Justin from sort of our days coming up in the Chicago improv scene, but talk a little bit about your history, how you first got into improv. Well, I, I would say getting into it, it was like I was doing it since I was a kid. It was like I, I, I would kind of, I wouldn't call myself the class clown, but I, I, I feel like I would put myself in a position where people were looking at me to provide the comedy in class. And so I felt that pressure early on, and then I realized you can just improvise it. You don't have to have a set of jokes like George Carlin was a huge influence on me. Oh. Yeah. And so, but but I could never match that. And when I gave up on matching that and and just said just make it up as you go along. Wow. I, I realized but I didn't have a name for it yet. I didn't have a name for improv yet. Wow. So uh, it was just sort of this force that existed within you that you kind of were already doing before you knew what you were doing. That's right. Yeah. I, that's how it feels to me. Uh, I have a question. Are you talking about your childhood or my childhood? Because that sounds eerily similar. <laughs> yeah. Am I, are you talking about your childhood or David's childhood or my childhood? Because that sounds really similar. But isn't that what's so good about Chicago in the improv scene is that we are all the weird kids oh, who were just yeah. like doing their own thing, who are sort of really gifted, really smart, really, really, really gifted, like smart kids who are uh, such weirdos. Yeah. And then we all found each other. Mm-hmm. We all like moved to Chicago and like just built this scene. And like, I was like such a weird kid. Like I was uh, like literally yeah. in so many gifted classes and was like so good at math that I was just so weird. Yeah. And then I moved to Chicago and then all of a sudden I'm with all these other weirdos. Mm. Yeah, it, I mean, for it's like escaping that public school system that just kind of oh puts this these shackles on your your thinking, and yeah. then and then coming to Chicago and having this place where you know anything goes. That's yeah. it's it's thank, so liberating. Thank you for saying that, Matt. I I just I I need to say thank you for saying that because that is so well said. Um, and before we get too far down the rabbit hole of uh, talking about the good old days, oh, God. Um, I should say that we typically also lead with a sort of topic, and we mm-hmm. can kind of come back to it throughout the episode. But we like to pick a topic for people out there who are listening and trying to learn improv uh, through our podcast to uh, pick a lesson each episode. So today we're going to kind of just focus on, meditate on the importance of listening. Mm. Um, and I, I know that both you guys know that that's one of the most important rules. Yeah, I would call it definitely one of the most highly... Uh, it takes. I would say it takes at least five or six years to even be able to notice if improvisers are listening to each other or not. Um, and I think that's the marks of a good teacher mm. is whether or not you can tell your students are listening to one another. Um, I, I guess, you know, the common layman, 
can't discern it as well. And, you know, if, if you want to be on whose line is it anyways, or Saturday night live or, you know, one of those circuits, um, yeah, you don't have to focus on listening, but we're talking about the real thing. Mm -hmm. We're we're talking about like the street blues here. Um, Oh, totally. And your, your roots are all in listening. It's so important. Well, that's also what's funny is what you were saying, kind of going back to what Matt was saying before. I don't know if you guys had this experience, but I actually, I know it can take some time as a teacher to get your bearings, but when you guys first moved to Chicago, did you find that your improv classes were hard? Because the thing is that, like you said, you kind of have been doing this since you were a kid without knowing it. Um, I've, I kind of just, I'll be honest, like from day one, kind of knew how to improvise almost where like I didn't really ever get any better at it because I kind of just came out day one Mm -hmm. and I don't want to say like you know how um uh like they talk about how like Mozart could like hear symphonies in his head and he was just writing them down yeah like I actually can like see improv scenes in my head so what uh so I just have kind of felt like it was natural from day one yeah did you guys have that experience too where you were just very good at it for the first time you tried it well, oh, yeah, when yeah. you were talking about gifted classes earlier, I felt like when when I was starting, uh, and, and I, I auditioned for the conservatory at, mm. at Second City, and oh, I got in yes, right. right away, so I, yeah. I, I started with that level of classes. Okay, so you, so but, you started right at the conservatory. Yeah, that because that's, what, that's where I heard, that's where you want to go, you have to audition to get sure. in, you're not sure, going to sure, be sure, stuck sure, with sure. all these people from the suburbs. Right, yeah, the cattle. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, not to be too mean about it, but... Totally. No, no. I mean, look. And and then when I got into the classes, I felt like this is it. You know, like I I know this. Right. I went through the entire program and I felt like I haven't learned anything new from this. Yeah. Uh, It was kind of a waste of money. And it wasn't until I started improvising with others outside of class that I realized, you know, that that's what you have to do, just like you're saying with the punk rock thing. Do your own th- DIY. I love that. Mm. Oh, DIY. Whoever oh. compared improv to punk rock, I love that. Yeah. I I just love that idea of comparing those two because oh, yeah. it's such a good comparison to make, and it's yeah. it's so true because in a lot of ways, like improv is like in 2016, like improv is the most punk rock thing you could do. Definitely, I would say like mainstream comedy is like Maroon Five. And improv is like... Uh, well, speaking of listening, I just think that in 2016, doing improv is like the most punk rock thing you could do. Yeah. Like if we're talking about listening and like based on what you were just saying, like uh-huh. like I, it, there's no difference between what we're doing on stage and what Black Flag was doing in the 80s. Like, right. And so I honestly just think that like improv in 2016 is like the most punk rock thing you could do so i don't that's just based on what you were saying i just think that that's how i feel about it and thanks for taking what i was gonna say and making it better you're welcome because you're really good at that yeah no you're you're absolutely welcome um matt and speaking of justin and i are, are music heads here we love all sorts of stuff we love all genres except for rapping country um, what are some of your outside of comedy influences on your style as an improviser? Wow. Well, earlier you said, uh, you know, we're going to meditate. We're going to meditate on this idea of listening. And, mm. and one of my true passions is mindful meditation. Oh, wow. And so um, I, I see the parallels right away because when I'm wow. sitting there, you know, I do my hour long meditation in the morning and you know, I've got the, I've got my music going. I've got my room set up just right, and I'm just listening. 
you know, just listening for what, what are those, those sounds? Wow. You know, maybe it's my refrigerator. Maybe it's the garbage men outside. And I'm not judging. That's the important part is I'm not judging. Just like improv, I'm not judging. Yeah. So you're, so you're saying that listening is a skill that almost could translate from improv to other areas of your life, if I'm hearing you right? Well, at least when it comes to mindful meditation. Um, but wow. yeah, I have a suspicion that it, it, you could carry these skills over wow. to work or to your personal relationships, you know, your dates that you go on, listen to what the person is saying. I love that. So you're saying when I'm in line at the post office, I could be doing improv. Aren't we always doing improv every that's, day? That's, I mean, honestly. There's no script. <laughs> wow. That is so true. That's beautiful. I've honestly never heard that put like that in that exact way either. We're like, we're... If you think about it, we're just kind of like a bunch of little atoms floating out there, and there's no, there's no, there's no do over. There's no, uh, there's no script in life. It's almost like, it's almost like improv is like life because there's no script, which is how I would put it. <laughs> wow, I've never heard that before. You're really good. Yeah, I remember when I was born. Um, my mom, my mom always tells me that I was the easiest birth that she's ever had. Uh, she has about like 12 children and she said it was so easy because I was like instinctually on the same page as her that like when she was pushing, I was pulling myself out like, like a bobsled, you know, when they're getting ready to like go down the, the ice run and I was working with her and I was listening to her and it was like, she was just like, oh, I'm having a baby. And then she went to the hospital and it's like, I knew, like I had timing. Even then I was like, okay, like wait till the doctor's ready. And then I just popped out and I swear to God, the first thing the doctor said to my mom was, he's going to be a wonderful improviser. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that memory because You're welcome. honestly that, um, it makes sense. I mean, I, um, I all often think about, you know, whether good improvisers are born or whether they're made uh-huh. and based on anybody that I've known and my own personal experiences, um, that like they're born, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of just a, an inborn thing. Yeah. I, I was a, a premature baby. I was born two months early. Are you serious? Yeah, and I, I, I feel like that's always been like an impatience in my life. Like every show, you know, you take your suggestion and then nobody's getting out on stage. And I'm like, guys, we got to get out there. So every show, I feel like it's me who's out there first starting that first scene. But that's just the impatience in me. Wow. Like I, you can't take that out of me. If you want to get out there then then you got to push me aside yeah wow that's yeah i mean that's crazy i couldn't i've, I've been on a team with this guy and he's not joking like, oh my god he's starting before the show even starts yeah you know i i know that i've never asked you about this man and i don't want to put you on the spot if these, these are uh, trade secrets so to speak but well, you already not... got him with a matt matthew question <laughs> you already put him in the hot spot yeah I'm, uh, well i'm a, i'm a bit of a gossip uh, i i will say that about myself um but you and I have played together um, on and off over the years, and I know that you're on a team with Justin. But I have heard rumors that you actually do get started very early, and you ask people to join you, like in process, in, like in process almost. Where like I've never known how long you've been going when I've showed up. I just know that like we get to the venue, you're on stage doing your own thing, and then we sort of just jump in, and then the show starts. 
Um, but I've heard people talk about how you sometimes start as early as like an hour beforehand. Is that is that true? Well, did you ever watch The Wire before? Oh, oh, the oh my so god! I there's love a, The Wire. Uh, what's his name? The, the, one of, one where the the girl who's the secretary, and then they're talking like it's ads in the '60s and stuff. Oh yeah, it's like oh the, no, yeah. the devil wears. I think Prada. you're thinking of Mad Men. Oh my God! You know what? I uh, I'm sorry. I watched so many. No, no, no. Those men are mad. That's yeah. They're okay, really it is like golden I'm, age of television. So yeah. I can... Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I I can't even keep up with it, even though I know everything about it and understand the shows really well and all the characters. Well, yeah. First of all, if you haven't seen it, definitely see it. Uh, okay. But, but a, I have seen it. Man. It's really I've, smart. I've definitely seen it, and I knew what show you were talking about. I was just saying Mad Men, just because yeah. I was just I don't know. But I his name is Chris. <laughs> Chris is the the hitman, and he says, you know, you gotta show up an hour before you're gonna you're gonna do a hit just to check out the place. Oh yeah, I don't know if Chris. you remember that, but that's Dude, like that, that stuck with me. That really totally well. stuck that with me when I saw that guy. back 2007 or whenever that yeah. came out. And so I, I do take that mentality, and I have to go in, kind of do a sweep of the theater. Like, what's what's the stage look like? What are, even like the scratches on the stage? Oh, like that's yeah. gonna get in your head. Yeah, that, that is that that really it makes sense. I mean, we've all got our pre-show rituals. Yeah, um, and but I, I totally understand that. Um, so yeah, I mean that's it's a good philosophy. I just that's dedication, man. Like I got to give you props for that for starting early. I like to I like to clear my head in other ways before, so I like to come into it fresh. But I mean to start before the rest of the team gets there is just it's yeah. it's it's dedication you know in the wire when chris um he likes to drink in the office and he'll they, they smoke cigarettes back then did you know that and they were so mean to women but oh my god that's what i like to do for um several hours before each show yeah. And I'm doing like nightly shows now. So like I'm really smoking a lot of cigarettes, but I find it really puts me in like a, a classic frame of mind. Like I've, I've got a lot of like vaudevillian influences and mm. um, so and yeah. Cat skills and. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, totally. I try to, uh, the Borscht Belt, I try, I try to channel uh, Chris from The Wire as much as I can, just in a different way. But I love the wire. It's and isn't that show. and isn't that great? And isn't that doesn't that speak to what we're talking about about listening about how you guys have the exact same influence, right? Yeah. You guys both have the same model for your pre-show ritual. The wire. But both of you interpret it differently. And yeah. isn't that amazing about improv? And isn't that amazing about human beings? And isn't it amazing about what we are as artists and creatives? Bring that to the stage where we all put our individual flavor on something. I'd say it's really amazing. Hey, should we do some like exercises? Yes, yeah. like some listening exercises Absolutely. that people could do at home. I, and um, I actually, speaking of listening exercises, I one of the things that makes me think of is just like how, like, if you, like before we go into the exercises, just like uh, how like improv is kind of like <laughs> punk rock. Oh yeah. In that, like, like just one of the things I was thinking about just uh, now while you were saying that, yeah, based on what yeah. you were saying, is. Improv is the same kind of thing where there's guitars and it's yeah. devil may care and you don't have an institution telling you what you have to do. You're literally just in a shared space with your friends just making art for art's sake. And, and also that's, it's like life doesn't have a script. Do you ever think about that? That's like, yeah. Life is scriptless. Absolutely. And it's it's uh, it's it's almost like cuz punk rock shows don't have scripts. <laughs> 
The Sex Pistols did not have a script. Johnny Rotten Thank did you. not yeah. have a script. Situations. Johnny Rotten is my second favorite character in The Wire. And that's the when him and Chris are <laughs> drinking and smoking. Um, yeah, it's like, where's the script for this? Yeah. And the answer is, uh, there is none. Mm. Matt, uh, Justin and I have talked on previous shows about how uh, laymen don't often know that how much of TV is actually improv. Um, people tend to think of it as like these whole ordeals and there is some planning that goes into it. But um, as you know, as somebody who is part of the industry, as somebody who's like an established improviser, is how much um, how much our favorite shows are often just kind of off the cuff. Um, so just to give you a little context on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just uh, I think it was season three of Family Guy. I was oh. listening to the, uh, oh, I love the commentary. Family Guy. Yeah. But you know, Seth MacFarlane does the commentary, and they were talking about uh, how, you know, this w- right here, what like this scene. I think Peter was in the alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, um, the the gay couple. Yeah. Modern Family Guy. Right. It, it was something like that. Um, it was hilarious, and it was like, well, <laughs> they clearly wrote this because it's just so well thought out and so structured uh-huh. yeah. with the callbacks and the flashbacks and everything. And you're, he said, you're, I tell, you're blowing our listeners' minds right now. Yeah. Well, what he said was it's, it's improvised. That was like, all we, just like, made up. We were just riffing in the room. Like, wow. I mentioned Gary Coleman, and he was like, what, what if, you talking you know, what if Elf... Uh, was on the same show with Gary Coleman. And it's oh, like, my God. It's hilarious. That's See, and, and even as somebody who knows how much of TV is improvised, I did not know that that moment was improvised. Yeah. That's crazy. That's And that just goes to show you, like, the mastery that you have to have of this craft in order to make things feel seamless, you know? Yeah. And that's what's so important about listening is that it allows you <laughs> to always just take in what people are saying and then respond to that because so yeah. often in normal life for people who don't do improv they get so lost in their own heads right they're yeah. only considered about they're waiting until somebody else stops talking so they can start talking and they're not even mm. taking in what other people are saying yeah. and improv teaches you to listen and the best way i can explain that is that it's like punk rock mm. like it's just like it's literally like you are you have to listen in order to make something that is going to sound good to other people. And you have yeah. to take in what they're saying. I feel like, like most, uh, most people's thoughts are kind of like, uh, like, like Beethoven or like really nice, like composed, like, um, Mozart or Beethoven. Uh, but mine's more like, like, I'd say like a punk rock band. Like, you ever listen to the Goo Goo Dolls? Like, oh, man. They used to dress up like women in the 70s, and um, that's like my thoughts. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's why I need to be on stage. The I don't Goo Goo, Goo Dolls guys. are a little too avant-garde for me, though. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't listen to noise music that much, so I, I respect it. I just, like, it's not my favorite. And the thing is, like, art is ultimately opposed to punk rock, so it's like once you put that label on it, Almost giving it a punk label, it's like it strips it of, oh, of its nice. agency. And so it's no longer its own thing. It's like, oh, we're going to put this in MoMA now. Oh, my. Yeah, absolutely. And that's was that related to, because I know you had that kind of one-man uh, improv show that you were doing as a run at The Annoyance called We're Going to Put This in MoMA Now. Is that related to that, what you just said? I think, yeah, I was thinking sort of ruminating on the same ideas. Like, if I just stand up here, if you've seen the show, it's it's me uh, 
I mean, this is pretty much what it was. It was me slowly stripping down to completely naked, uh, but all improvised, and then kind of putting a little card on my chest mm-hmm. with my own name on it. So yeah. it's like I just created this. What? This is me creating it. Wow. Even my own body. I, it's my choice of what I look like and how, how my body is shaped oh my while God. I'm standing there in that moment. Mm. But at the same time, it's like I just improvised that. So is that, am I a genius? Right or not? Yeah. Put that in. Moment. You improvised the card that you brought to your show, where like you had that, where it was part of commenting on it, and that's what I love about the freedom that you have. Like mm. I don't know what your guys' thoughts on freedom is, yeah. but that's what I love about. And Matt, I, I mean, this is you know, I don't want to make this a big, a big uh, circle jerk, but that's what I love about you as an improv. Mm. Um, is that as an improv, you are so free on stage. Mm-hmm. Like that, I that literally, I, Justin and I were talking before the show and what did I say? I said, the first word that comes to my mind when I think about Matt is freedom. He is very free. He's like, I don't even see clothes on him. Like he's the type of improv that when he's out on stage, he's so free that you kind of have to think to yourself, was he wearing clothes? Like was right. he just out there like totally I, running wild? I, free and crazy and i have to come clean a little bit when you were talking about the show where you got naked i did see the show I, I came to the closing night of it and when you did strip down i actually couldn't tell the difference between when you weren't wearing clothes and when you were because i see you make yourself naked and vulnerable every night right. you improvise so to be honest with you like i didn't even notice when you took off your clothes and literally got naked because you make yourself naked as an artist so often. And that's kind of like punk rock, if you really think about it. Like, because a lot of people are like, like um, Gershwin or Beethoven, and you're just out there fucking doing it, man. And we really appreciate you. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's it's, it's constantly throwing off those shackles of of public schooling and parenting and and books. Like, just what the things that you read in books, like, how much can you believe and how much are you going to internalize? Because anybody anybody can go into a book and just write whatever they want. Any, any, literally, any loony bin out there who's crazy could literally uh, just write anything in a book and then they put it out there and yeah. then all of a sudden people believe it. Like mm-hmm. literally that's why you have to be careful about books because like anybody could be out there just putting yeah. it out. People believe it. Yeah. It's Matt, crazy. Matt, you're uh, you're somewhat of a champion in, uh, in improv sports, aren't you? Oh yeah. Like you've kind of like really, you brought that to Chicago, didn't you? Like uh, improvised basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure, yeah. So, I mean, basketball is about rules. You know, there's two hoops. Yeah. There's, uh, you you can't dribble with both hands. You can't carry the ball. Mm. Uh, And and for me, that's that's like, you know, having heavy weights on your body. Oh, my God. The entire time. And so I had this idea, what if if there were no rules? (gasps) What if instead of using a basketball, I, I use a baseball? Wow. What uh, if instead of using a hoop, uh, I just have to throw it on the ground? And this, I, is all, and this is all solo, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And naked, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, by the end of it, I'm usually naked. That's so uh, punk rock. God, you're so punk rock. 
That's amazing. But no, I, it is I, amazing. I, I, that was a huge innovation. I mean, one of the many yeah. innovations that come out oh, of the Chicago yeah. improv scene. Totally, yeah. But people. I, I want to say that everybody here is, is just as capable. Uh, if if you if, if you put in the time uh-huh. and you put in the concentration and and you listen, you listen with your eyes, mm. you listen with your ears. Uh, you know what's really happening. Yeah. Now, what what's really happening? Yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, Justin, that's a good segue, just because you actually Justin's improv uh, ebook is called "Listening with Your Eyes." Yeah, and so maybe talk a little bit about. I, I wanted to make sure we at least touched on that a little bit during this episode while we're talking about listening. Yeah, um, I think a big part about listening is listening with your eyes, mm. um, and you can. If you want, like this feels like a shameless plug. Um, <laughs> yes, I have a book out, and it's called "Listening with Your Eyes," fourteen ninety nine on Amazon. Um, but it's really important, and I, I admire anyone who can be on a bus or be in a post office and waiting in line, and there's so much you see with just bear with me there's so much you see with your ears okay and there's so much you hear well speaking of listening to what you're saying i have to tell you that i don't i mean i don't want you guys to think of me differently but just Uh going off of what you were just saying now and listening to it and processing it yeah um i have synesthesia Whoa! Like, um, it's Gross. it's like no, it's not. It's not like a weird thing. Like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of like related to. I've is yeah. it because you said you were a premature baby? No. Well, like I've I've opened up on this show about being a premature baby and about um, being an introverted extrovert and all, the, all these other labels. And you guys know I hate labels, but um, yeah. I do have synesthesia where like I can like see sounds. Wow. Yeah. So I just I just thought that that was related to what you were talking about because I was listening to you. So. I I was I didn't even know that existed until now. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. I mean, it's like I don't like 0.0001% of the population has it and I'm just I don't know, I'm a little bit different, but I don't know. I think you just like debunked the validity of my 500 page book I just released. Well, if you want to talk to somebody who's a real anomaly, an anomaly, uh, talk much. Uh, talk to Matt over here because Matt actually has a perfect improv pitch. What? Yeah. No way. Uh, not to put you on the spot, but you do have you have perfect improv pitch, right? Well, let me explain what what that means. Is that, like a lot of times Please people do. will set you up <laughs> for something, and uh-huh. uh, there's only one real answer to what they're setting you up for. Mm-hmm. And so many people go out there and they don't hear what that answer is. So th- oh. it's so you call it a punchline, uh-huh. or, or call it a, a blackout, or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. That's ultimately, uh, if you can end your show on a good blackout, that's a s- successful show. That's right. Like and wire. so many people are not listening for that. And so. Uh, I, for whatever reason, I don't know if I was born with it. I don't know if it's that anxiousness in me, but mm. I hear it. Sometimes I hear it, you know, two minutes into the show. Yeah, and I'll, I'll come out with that line, and that's it. The show is over. There's no uh. reason to go another ten minutes with the show. It's wow. like blackout right now. Lights out. Yeah, perfect show. So you're almost orchestrating things in real time, then based on that. Well, I try not. Like I don't want to be the one that I. I don't want it to be me. Oh, totally. That does that. Yeah. Uh, I just I wish other people were listening for that. I wish they put in the time 
to get those punchlines, to get those blackouts. Yeah, but not. But uh, must be nice. Not all of us have perfect improv pitch. No. I would. I mean, only in the shower. Yeah. Only in the shower is when you're going to hear me practice my improv pitch. Well, I, I mean, I, there may be some things that you can't train. Right. Uh, oh, that's yeah. hard for people to hear. It's hard to people for people to hear that there are genetic differences between us. Right. Absolutely. And you know, sometimes some people are genetically predisposed for comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, I mean. I don't want to get into political correctness or anything, but that's that's just the way it is. Oh, we hate political correctness. Oh, yeah. yeah. P- please throw that. I mean, throw that out the yeah, window. Yeah, yeah. Like, just um, and, but because we agree with you. I mean, one of the things that we always have to caution listeners against at home is like, that's great that you're fans of us, and you know, we have. I, it, it feels. I always feel so embarrassed talking about this because we have a reputation. I mean, we're known in Chicago. Justin and I are, you know, two of the, you know, people, people know our name. People look up to us. We get letters from people all the time about um, kind of who we are and stuff. But one of the hard truths you got to do sometimes is you talk to these younger kids who want to do it and they're so eager, but you just kind of have to pull them aside. If you're seeing them, if they're in your class or you're they're in a student show and you kind of just got to pull them aside and say like, look, like, you don't have it. Yeah. You know, you, you either have it or you don't. And there's all these little, you know, like, things we can parse out, like perfect improv pitch or listening with your eyes. And each one of us has our own flavor, which is what's so great and what makes such a great improv jambalaya when we're on stage together. But you either have that spark or you are kind of... Yeah. Like, I don't want, I don't want to say hopeless. Yeah. But you should maybe look into an alternative career path. Yeah, I like to say that um, in the school of improv, you have your kids who can do the assignments, who can read, who can learn math, who can interact with one another. And then you have your kids who kind of like sit at their own table in a lunch room and they smell funny Mm. and they have a hard time feeding themselves. Mm -hmm. I was actually thinking that we could maybe jump into a scene now. Um, at the end of each episode, we like to uh, we like to do some scenes to show people at home to get some of these ideas up on their feet, so we can all kind of just meditate on listening for this uh, scene, and um, and we can just do some live improv on the mics. Yeah. Um, so uh, we usually like to simulate the live show experience. So I can uh, I can start us off, and uh, I gotta just get into that space. Okay, um, uh, so Justin, I'm going to ask you to just be the audience for okay. this, and um, we'll do a three-person scene. Uh-huh. <clears throat> hey guys, how's it going? Thank you so much for coming out to see our show. To get us mm. to get us started, can I get a suggestion of anything at all? Ferris wheel. Okay, I think I heard Ferris wheel. Wow, okay, good, good, that's good. <clears throat> bro. Hey. Hey, bro. bro. Hey, guys. I'm, a, I'm really sorry, bros. Is this about my Ferris wheel that you broke? I uh, yeah, wait. I, is this about the Ferris wheel that belongs to him that you broke? Yeah, I I, uh, I killed your dog Ferris wheel. You killed my dog Ferris wheel on the Ferris wheel. My you, wait a second. My, how did we just automatically get transported to a carnival, you guys? Oh my God, we're in the band Save Ferris, which is a punk band, which is kind of like improv. What's improv? Step right up and see the amazing, perfect pitched improviser. 
Oh, thanks so much, Carnival Man. I'm just here with my three friends, um, and we were just hey, hoping. What's up? And scene. Um, so that was uh, that was. I love that. I, that that, is that felt that honestly felt so good to step. It's been so mad. It's been so long since yeah, we've a done while. a scene together. It feels. It's literally like. It's like riding a bike, like just picking right back up where yeah. we left off, and all the things that were going on in that scene. I mean, the yeah. symbolism was just so off the chart. Yeah. yeah, I like that we didn't stick to the kind of the same topics that everybody brings up. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. that we got to something a little bit deeper. Yeah, you know, uh, so, the people say uh, don't argue in scenes and that kind of thing, but I, I think that what we were getting to is really the heart yeah. of what it means to have friends. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And also that, like, th- us talking in that way was, like, a symbol for the 60s. Yeah. And, like, what America was doing in the 60s. Right. Because, like, our parents, like, they were, like, activists, but, like, what does our generation do? Yeah. Like, they used to, like, smoke in the office. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. It's tra- It's like in the wire. Like, I want to go back to those days when people were, like, smoking on airplanes and, like, oh, dressing yeah. up to go on flights. Give me Chris from the wire over Stewie from <laughs> Modern Family. Well, like. I love, I do love Modern Family, and yeah. that was actually a consultant on that show, so I don't think you should. Um, but let's do another uh, let's do another scene. We usually like to do a couple. Um, yeah. This time, Matt, I'm going to actually have you initiate, if you don't mind, not to put you on the spot. Um, so uh, whenever you're ready, just get us started. We'll do another three-man scene. David will be the audience. You want a suggestion? Um, I'm going to be the audience. So oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so you come out and just... We like to simulate the live show experience. And if I can just quickly give a plug... Um, Justin and myself and Matt is going to be joining us this Saturday. We're going to be doing three shows in Chicago, um, one at Second City, one at I.O., one at The Annoyance. Um, we're all going to be doing them in the same night. It's called uh, Banana Stepsisters, and it's going to be a musical improv uh, mm-hmm. show. So if you guys are interested, I think that it's sold out, but um, I think people are going to be scalping tickets outside. So. Yeah, well, we're, we're performing at uh, in Grand Park, so if you just want to like line up... Uh, like by the fences, you can hear us, and it is it is part of my ebook tour. Uh, you kind of glossed over that fact, but well, we're it, doing it. Remains, shows. It actually remains to be. We actually never no, really settled on that. So uh, I think we agreed that. Well, we can talk about it later because I think Matt wants to start the scene. So. Well, I do want to say that I I've been reading your book on my Kindle White, Thank and you. I <laughs> I started out kind of. Like I was gonna highlight the parts that were important to me, uh-huh. like you like you do. Yeah, and it's like the whole thing is, is highlighted in this green Thank you. color. Oh, Thank you. And it's oh, like, well, what's the point God. of highlighting? I'm just yeah. gonna, I'll have to read this book again. I yeah. know, yeah. but but is it, but isn't it great to sometimes read a book again because you see things in it the second time through that you didn't see the first time through? And, and my Kindle White makes it so easy. Yeah, because I can read in the bathtub. It's amazing. If I drop it in the tub, I just buy a new one, and it's still in the cloud exactly yeah, yeah i love that about the cloud oh yeah um and speaking of listening and listening to everything you were just saying i was wondering if you could stop talking and actually just uh, start this scene um <clears throat> sorry hey guys uh we're gonna do some improv for you uh i hope you're having a good night um could Ooh. we get a suggestion of anything at all uh cherry cola oh. cherry cola good cherry cola suggestion. was a suggestion all right, start us off. That was Justin 
um, as a, himself telling you to get it started because um, that's how we do it on the podcast. Okay, so. I'm, a, I'm a little thrown. Let's start again and just okay. get another I'm suggestion. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. hey, it's okay, man. No, it's good. It's all good, dude. Okay. okay. Hey guys, we're gonna do some improv tonight. I hope everybody's doing good out there. Got drinks. Woo. <laughs> um, could we get a suggestion of anything at all? Skin. Skin. The suggestion all was right. skin. Start us off. Uh, bro, I got a, uh, I got a, I got super drunk last night and I got a tattoo. Gross! What is it? What? I got a tattoo too. It's it's of uh it's of Bill Murray. Dude, Bill Murray is the shit. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's sick. Can you believe they're ruining Ghostbusters? What? What? What do you mean? It's all a bunch of women. Dude. Wait a second. How did all these women just get in our apartment right now? Whoa. Whoa. They're taking their tops Wait off. Wait a second. How come Bill Murray just walked through the door? Whoa. Hey, I'm Bill Murray. What's going on, guys? I started Groundhog Day. Dude, what's wrong with Bill Murray's skin? I got an infection on my skin. Sorry, Bill Murray. How'd you get the infection? I think I got it from my contemporary, Dan Aykroyd. You mean the Dan Aykroyd from Coneheads? Wait a second, Dan Aykroyd just walked in the door. Hey, uh, guys, how's it going? How's it going, Dan? Hey, uh, friend, I loved working in Blues Brothers with you. I love that, too. It's the highlight <laughs> of the high watermark of my career. Hey, uh, sorry about your skin. Uh, it's okay, man. I guess you gotta just take whatever cards life plays you. Oh, gotta go. Coneheads 2 is filming. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, Oh, my, bur- my burgers are ready. Oh my god, how did a thousand burgers just get in this apartment? Whoa, have you seen Matt's new tattoo? Oh my god. Yeah, bro, I just got a new tattoo. I got super drunk last night and I got a new tattoo. What? He used a scalding hot cheeseburger. Oh my god, dude. Yo, you should, like, show that tattoo off when you're walking around on the quad because we're in college now. Yeah. All right. I wish Bill Murray was in college, too. That would be a sweet movie. Did somebody say Bill Murray? Uh, Yeah, you could check me out in Animal House. Ever heard of IMDb? (laughs) And scene. Thank wow. you. Yeah, that was oh my God. great. I, you got Guys, the button on that one. Dude, yeah, we have to. Lights are off. I'm sorry. I know we're busy. I know we're flying all uh, over. I know. Uh, I know, Matt. You're doing all your stuff in LA now. But like, <laughs> we have to do this more often. I miss oh, it. I, I miss, miss it. the good old days. You know, yeah. when before all the fame and the glory. I know. Just when it was just like a couple kids playing in the garage yeah you know? just like just a couple of guys it just a, a, a few dudes in a ramshackle bar just yeah. doing it for ourselves and making ourselves laugh maybe some free know, beer and yeah. we don't know how to play our instruments no. exactly yeah we're because still it about doesn't matter. yeah we're still yeah. figuring it out but and that's what makes improv so much like punk rock because oh, like that it's literally shit. like you're learning to play your instruments <laughs> yeah. and it's like like it's it's literally like punk rockers didn't know how to play their instruments and that is why it's so similar to improv and that's why honestly like the way that i would put it is that in 2016 improv is the most punk rock thing you could do is just something that i was thinking about it reminds me of something really beautiful i said earlier about like when you're playing punk like you don't have a script like you're just flying off the seat of your pants Justin, thank you for saying that and that's like life is just like 
God made no, us to thank be you for saying that. punk rockers, you know? Like, yeah. we don't have scripts. How scary is that? Absolutely. Life is improvised, man. Every night, we are fucking trapeze artists. Yeah. But instead of a safety net below us, i.e. a script, we have a pool of sharks. Yep. And that shark is just a hungry audience, just begging to be entertained. Yep. Don't I know it all too well. Well, this is great. Matt, do you have any uh, final things, any shows that you need to plug or any any parting thoughts for our listeners? Uh, well, I do. I, I Like you said, I'm out in L.A., and I've been uh, I've been working with Kevin Smith on oh, a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another, He's my wanna, favorite uh, comic book. I'm not going to say which love, movie it yeah. is, but uh, Mr. And Mrs. he's got a Smith. few sequels to his movies, and... He's going to be, and, and, and a lot of his movies are improvised. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so he, there's going to be some recurring characters in a new, all improvised movie. Uh, Kevin Medea. Smith is working on it. I'll be in it, and I'm consulting on the script. Oh, that's great. So uh, I'm excited because well, he's, I've looked up to him as an improviser for my entire life. So this is huge for me. Absolutely. And uh, when you see Kevin, uh, tell him. <laughs> The uh, the ice is out of ice machine. The ice machine's out of ice. He'll know. He'll know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I actually yeah, had yeah. him in a class and taught him a lot about things. So if you and after you tell him that, you should tell him, uh, "Hey, buddy, I think you put your shoes on wrong." He'll he'll know what that means. <laughs> so yeah, so pass along those messages. Please yeah. send our best to Kevin. And honestly, please come back anytime. And we got to get you up on uh, on some more of our shows that are coming up. Yeah, here anytime, guys. Should we I, uh, go out on a scene? Let's do one more scene. Let's yeah. do a quick one. Yeah, Justin, and I want, I want you to, right? yeah, I want, I want you to uh, initiate this one. Okay. And Matt, why don't you be the audience? Okay. Okay. Hey, how we doing tonight, everyone? You enjoying your drinks? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna need a one-word suggestion. Pineapple. Oh, I heard pineapple. Okay. Uh, excuse me, can you help me get this pineapple out of my butt? Uh, I don't think so. It looks way too heavy. You're right. What about you, sir? Will you help me? Uh, yeah, I'm a doctor. (laughs) Wait a second. How are you a doctor? You're riding a skateboard right now. I'm like a totally cool doctor, dude. A medical marijuana doctor? What are you, like, from Colorado or something? Go green, dude. (laughs) Dr. Pineapple? Wait a second. I'm all confused now. I don't know if I'm talking to some guy who's uh, from Pineapple Express because that involves both doctors and weed. Uh, David, those mushrooms on your salad, those aren't normal mushrooms. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, This has been a blast, Matt. We would just want to thank you and really just extend our gratitude and many thanks to you um, infinitely for just kind of sharing yourself and making yourself available and teaching us what the importance of listening is and showing us how to listen to each other, but also listen to ourselves and listen to the inner voice that guides all of us in order to have a creative process. And improv is like punk rock. Thank you. Goodbye.